Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook, joined today by Justin Wells. We've got another great edition of Questions Answered. Coming to you on the bye week, the Longhorns are 5-1. and one. Don't have an opponent this week, but they'll jump right into it next week. That doesn't mean we stop, right, Justin? Never. We have too much demand. We have The amount of emails you and I get about more of these shows, there's no way we can stop. Can't stop, won't stop. By popular demand, we're back. So it's about <laughs> midway through the 2023 season. That means it's time to look at what's gone good, what's gone bad with the Longhorns. We're going to be pretty broad with these questions, but they could give us a lot of different answers. We'll go on offense. What do you think the biggest good surprise has been for the Longhorn offense this year? Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks is – I mean, there, there's a few things you could name, but Jonathan Brooks – you know, we, we keep saying it. Hey, he's going to be a good back, but this guy's coming. He's going to be a good back, but you got he's got to wait for this player. Not Jonathan Brooks said, you know, forget all y'all. I got this. He's second or third in, in Division One in rushing. He's, he's probably the lead, the the quiet leader for the Doak Walker Award, Doak Walker Award uh, for the nation's best running back. And so for me, I'd probably go with Jonathan Brooks. And honorable mention would probably be wide receiver play how in sync and how the deep ball and Quinn, how everyone's kind of been on the same page. What about you? Yeah, I think it has to be Brooks to be the the number one best surprise. Cause remember he wasn't even the starting running back during those first yeah. two games. It was CJ Baxter. And you know, I think we all kind of expected that this would be a by committee season. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure if Jonathan Brooks became the lead back because of his play. He, he got some opportunity because C.J. Baxter suffered his injuries. But now he is the lead back, and now he's been a great lead back. And he's he's been able to carry these types of loads before. When he was at Hallettsville, you know, he played the, hey, go win the game position. I know I've said yeah. that on this show a lot. To where 30 carries was no big deal for him. He even had like a 500-yard game against Lorena one year, and I think he scored nine touchdowns. That's why he won Mr. Texas football. So – the fact that he's been able to do this, you know, it's within his capability, but the fact that he's been able to find holes and then burst and go and have explosive runs, I don't know if that's something we maybe anticipated uh, just as far as speed goes. We knew he had right. vision, but the way he just gets past the second and third level, it's been great. Um, so we kind of, you know, you go on about skill position players. I guess we can narrow it down a little bit. I'm with you, wide receiver uh, that's been they've lived up to expectations and they were pretty high, I'd say. And I uh, give Quinn credit with that, too, I think, because I think it's it, it, it's a marriage. Right. Exactly. It, it plays a, a big part. But I think there's another surprise on the good side, and it has to do with the offensive line. And I think it's just how well DJ Campbell has, has come along in the past few weeks. I think Steve Sarkeesian even talked about it. This was a player who saw a lot of time last year. Traded reps with Cole Hudson. Cole Hudson, who's been hurt, has seen, you know, it's been DJ Campbell who's had to step in for him. And it's never been ability. It's been, you know, stuff between the ears. And yeah. not to say that he's a dumb player because he's not. But when right. you're just used to playing at Arlington Bowie and your job is see that guy in front of you, go push and be like the Michael Orr scene on the bus and the blind side, you know, yeah. that, that you can do that really well. And he's done that well, but now he's starting to pick up the nuances of, of protections, of trading players off. You don't see a bunch of just easy runs to Quinn Ewers like you did at times last year. 
I think he's been one of the biggest positive surprises, at least of, of trench play. Um, and, you know, that's been dotted by injury. There's been some up and down with that. Right. But I think DJ Campbell, I think he was the highest rated member of that 2022 class, even above Banks, at least in the on three industry oh, ranking. Yeah. And he's starting to play like that five star, like everybody wanted to see over the course of the season. A big thing, too, with DJ, I have to remember, is he's developing. This is a developmental thing for DJ. Like you said, he, he was see guy, hit guy, and he played a lot of D-line in high school. So it was that aggressive nature and disposition, that athleticism we saw in basketball, that that's starting to build. But at the same time, he has a long way to go because Christian Jones is probably his best friend right now because when he doesn't understand a call, when he doesn't remember a play, when he doesn't understand a protection, Christian Jones is constantly chirping in his ear. So if I'm DJ, I'm probably hooking up Jones something for Christmas. And also that that kind of underscores how big, uh, you know, Jake Majors, his eventual return will be and how, you know, if he's out for some amount of time, um, how big Cole Hudson and, and Connor Robertson, should they, you know, be back in full go, how big they'll be and how big DJ will be for them. That'll be a big growing period to show that, hey, you know, you may have a young guy or someone who may not be as experienced in this position playing alongside you. You're going to have to help them out. And it's no matter who it is. So I think he's been a real positive surprise. He's starting to look like the player that we saw push guys in the end zone against Alabama week over week instead of just one time. Absolutely. We'll stay positive real quick because, you know, it's always more fun to be positive in the aftermath of a tough loss. Same question on the defense. What do you think the biggest positive surprise on defense has been? Oh, we knew the D-line was going to be bad and in a good way. Uh, linebacker play has improved. I'm not surprised Anthony Hill's playing the way he's playing, but maybe a little surprised he's doing it this soon. Um. And then corner play has been has been relatively solid for the most part. I, I think we knew Terrence Brooks was going to be ready, and he's held it down as well as anybody. But did we? I'll say on the defense, I wasn't expecting the freshman to make such an impact so soon. Derek Williams, Anthony Hill, Malik Muhammad—that's my answer. Those three guys have really endeared themselves to Pete Kwiatkowski and the defensive guys. Their reps increase every week. And we're getting to a point where those guys are no longer freshmen. Those are just rotational, you know, de facto starters in a sense. And so for me on the defense, there's a lot there, but I'm going to go with the freshman impact so soon and so early. Yeah, and, I, and that speaks to Anthony Hill. You know, he had a C-ball hit ball uh, role early on. He played, I think, more he, – he was a second-leading tackler, I think, versus Oklahoma. And that's because he played a lot of – yeah. He played a lot of conventional down snaps and he didn't have his best game, but you know, he's starting to come after David Benda for that role and for more snaps and opportunities. Muhammad, obviously he's played a lot. He's played boundary. He's played field. He had that recovery for the touchdown. Um, he's done really well. And then Derek Williams, I think needs to be playing a lot more. I think he's been, he's been great. And he, what a lot of uh, his teammates say is that he tackles really well for a true freshman. But I'm going to go a different route. I think the biggest and best surprise really has been Vernon Broughton. And there you go. Think about this. You know, last year we knew there was Moro Jomo, Keandre Coburn, Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy with some Alfred Collins kind of mixed in there. 
this year, you know, we, we realized that the way to succeed in this conference is de-tackle rotation because it's not just spread them out, you know, throw 60 times, but there's a lot of running the ball in this league nowadays. Big bangs lead to big crunches. I think I've texted you that a lot. So running the ball is real important in this league, and you need to have defensive tackles who can make life difficult between the, the tackles, and that's what Texas had last year. And they had three they knew could do that this year heading into the season with Alfred Collins, a consistent Alfred Collins, with Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. They needed the fourth. And I'm not exactly sure if his status as number four is as good as last year's number four, but he's still been a player who has been good enough and sometimes great enough to really give great snaps at that defensive tackle spot, make his own plays but also allow for Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Alfred Collins to have those opportunities. It's a top three at that position, but he's worked to make sure that number four is not a steep drop-off. And I think that's been huge for the rest of this defense because there are weak spots elsewhere. There, there, there are first-world problems uh, with how good this defense has played for the most of the part. Uh, but the fact that he can provide steady play up the middle – has been great for not only Bo Davis, but for the rest of the defense. I don't see any drop-off. You said it. That That's my take. I don't see any drop-off. And I know how good Morrow and Keandre and those guys were. Vernon's done that this year. And I think you, you nailed it. A switch on maybe surprises that have been uh, not what you wanted to – not the present that you wanted to open up on Christmas morning. Uh, what do you think that's been on the offensive side of the ball? Interior offensive line play. I know we talked up Jake a little. We talked up DJ because he's made progress. But the interior O-line is his – there's been injuries and there's been some moving around. And as well as the offense has played, and for the most part, Texas offense has done pretty much what they wanted to do, the interior O-line to me still feels like it should be better. You know, they returned everyone. And, and I don't think they're at the level they were last year. I really don't. And, and there's a few changes there. And you're going to see more changes. Against Houston, I wouldn't be surprised if Cole Hudson's your starting center. I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Majors comes back for BYU. But until then, and Connor Robertson, I'm going to give him a tip of the cap. There was not a drop-off when he came in that game. Now, there was a few plays in the second half where he got pushed around a little bit. But guess what? That's, that's college football at big boy level. But Connor played well, and I think he deserves credit. But the surprise to me, the offensive line has been good but it hasn't been like it was last year. And every one of these guys returned every one of these guys uh, returning starters banks is being dinged up. We know, we, we, we know Hayden Connors kind of hit the ceiling. We know where he's at. And so that's kind of been my biggest surprise is the offensive line didn't take a next step. If anything, they stayed in neutral. I don't think they took a step back, but I feel like they're in neutral. Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out my, yeah, I describe that, and, and I think I, I think you're onto something because even if they have improved, and even though I know Jonathan Brooks leading Power Five in rushing, even if they have improved, they still had Bijan and Roshan last year, yeah. and Bijan and Roshan could make up for some of their mistakes and could make them look better. Yeah. And they, I think they've gotten better, but not as much as they've needed to. Um, and you know. We won't rehash it again, but that f the first, second, third, and fourth down on the one, it's a real big indicator of that. And and Connor Robertson, 
that's a tough spot. I think he did anything you could ask a red shirt yeah. freshman making his, or maybe even a sophomore making his first extended game action, extended game appearance in that game did when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You did you you got what you the best you could have asked for yes from him but there's still times when that interior even with what we lauded dj campbell about just isn't able to do exactly everything they need to do i don't think there really is another option at least on offense you know it would be picking nits at that point yeah if you want to say oh maybe it was jordan whittington not having a big gear he just had 100 yards he just had a 10 game 10 catch game Right. I mean, if you want to say deep ball, well, fair, but Quinn Ewers is torching opposing defenses in the intermediate game because they don't want to get beat deep. They watched Alabama's secondary get beat, and they said, that's not going to be us. So what do they do? They allow a lot of underneath and interior or intermediate routes, and he's been phenomenal there. So, you know, just kind of looking at it, I think it's got to be that interior O-line and at, you know, play at center and left guard right guard's been pretty good but all three of them have a job to do and there have been some issues there of course red zone we don't need to rehash that yeah what about on the defense what's kind of been the biggest negative surprise for you when looking at the defense you know this is another picking nits but you know we saw some edge play strong edge play in the first few weeks which really just that opens up any defense, and that really, I think, helped that the Texas defense get grab that momentum. They're in year three of PK system. These are mo- majority of these guys have been through it for more than one year, and the edge play early on in the first few weeks was was phenomenal. Up until you know, up until Kansas, I felt like they were doing a tremendous job, and then Kansas, even with a, a dual threat quarterback and Jason Bean. I just didn't see as much of it. And then against Oklahoma, it felt non-existent. I mean, I think they only blitzed the quarterback 12 times in the OU game. And so the surprise to me was it's almost like a, a, a bait and switch type deal at a car dealership. We saw some incredible edge play. We saw some high sack numbers in the first few weeks. And we started thinking, okay, they got to the, you know, they had the most pressures to the quarterback last year. Now they're actually getting to him. And then the last couple of weeks, those have been thwarted. We haven't we haven't seen that anymore. And so if there's one thing, that's a surprise to me that for whatever reason, the edge guys haven't continued that. But also, and this is, listen, Jalen Ford is one of the best linebackers in college football. And I'm not going to argue with anybody that says otherwise. But he was exposed on Saturday. When they went tempo, 
he was frozen. And that was something we are not used to seeing. And that's one game, and that's an isolated incident. And that's not what I'm saying through this whole first half of the season. I'm just saying, for my surprises, they were destroying the quarterback the first month of the year. And then the last two games, they can't figure out how to, you know, muster a, a rushing, a, 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 a passing attack. And then at the end of the day, you still got to think, what did Jalen Ford do? In, 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 in Saturday against Oklahoma because that's not the Jalen Ford we're used to. Yeah, I, I think that mine I, – I think I know where you're going with it. Well, man, it, it's hard for me to think. I, I, when you talk about that, it makes me want to look at the coaches and think, yeah. you know, okay, you know you're about to play a team that does a lot of option stuff. And Jalen Daniels would have opened a passing element. But Jason Bean is kind of just – mostly option and they struggled with that and it's tough you're always going to be wrong if the options run correctly they're wrong a lot but then you get to tempo and you're against a not just a, a a scheme that is decently present throughout the big 12 and i mean tcu runs it um other teams in it i think run aspects of it but that you know you're going to see in in the sec as well and you knew they were going to run fast, and you knew they were going to try to get tempo on you, and that, that they didn't have much of an answer for it. And yeah. that you know, I think that yours is a you know downstream effect of that is that they they couldn't get ready and lined up right to put a pass rush on. So now that does again, like you mentioned, that's a little bit of a, a nit to pick, but like still, if you're going to face this team again, which you have a lot of hopes to do to meet them in Arlington one more time. You're going to want to have to be ready for tempo, and you're going to probably see it against TCU, even if they have a backup quarterback and things like that. You're probably going to see it against Texas Tech, even though they run the air raid and not the, the veer and shoot. And you're definitely going to see it, you know, elsewhere, um, you know, especially against Houston. That's what Dana's going to try to do just to, you know, make up for the severe talent discrepancy. So you have to be ready. And I think some of that comes at the high level. I think the players have done a great job executing everything that's been asked of them. Yeah. Um, Jade Barron, I think we have not mentioned him for some reason, and he deserves a lot of praise. He might be the best defensive player. It's either him or Devondre Sweat. Yeah, and for he deserves a lot of praise for what he's been able to do. Sweat as well, but so at some point, you know, when these matchups with pretty equally talented teams, it's going to come down to the headsets. And in the time when you know, one time Texas got the headset matchup right. Pete Kwiatkowski beat Tommy Reese, and he beat him pretty good, I felt like. Uh, it didn't really work out that way with, with Jeff Levy versus Pete Kwiatkowski, and that's kind of, you know, when you're at that level and you have these aspirations, that's what you got to think about. Justin, uh, remind me, I think you are – you're four and two, and I'm three and three at this I point. I think I have a two-game lead. You do. So I'm going to have to start getting – Desperate. We don't have a uh, a Texas game to pick this week. Well, we can pick. Do you have any games you want to pick? I, you know, I, I wrote this week. I think the game of the week is easily going to be Oregon at Washington. Um, I think let, that's let's, another, let's 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 go on that one. Let's go with that. I'm trying to find a line for that one real quick. Last time I checked, I mean, Washington's at home. Um, I think it'll be. I bet it's like under four or five. So let let's see what. Uh, the good Latvian website says, um, uh, come on, Oregon. All right, Oregon and Washington. Washington is a three-point favorite in Seattle, Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central. 
What are you thinking? That that three points is because they're at home. Mm. Otherwise, this game is a push. Because I don't I don't think they even know who's gonna pull this is one of those games. This would be a great game to see. If if some for some reason you're ever traveling up in that area in you know in this the next few days and you were had the chance to see this game, this would be a fantastic game to watch, in my personal opinion. Um I'm gonna go with Washington. I and I think they cover. Michael Penix has been he's getting he's getting drafted in April, buddy. He's he's looking good and he's throwing to some tremendous guys. Romo Zadubi is a great receiver. Of course, my main man, Jalen Polk out of Lufkin, Texas. He's been a tremendous guy. I like Oregon. You know, we, we, we're friends with a lot of guys on that staff. You know, we I like the Ducks. I think they do a lot of things well. You got Dr. Bo. He's been in college for eight years. Um, but I just think Washington spreads you out and they're explosive and they've got a lot of momentum right now. And so I think Washington covers. I'm trying to make up games on you, but I agree. Um, I think Washington's got the offense and the right amount of defense to be probably the number one team in the country. And really? I think that there's a lot of momentum just from Georgia and Michigan last year. Yeah. And both those teams splattered. You saw this team last year in the Alamo Bowl. Like, we that did. Was, that was a good team. And all those receivers were back. Michael Penix is back. Ryan Grubb stayed to call plays. Like, this is yeah. – this is an offense that can, is going to do tra- fantastic things. And I think they have a little bit more on defense than USC. It's going to be tough against Bo Nix and that group. Uh, yeah. But I'm with you, man. I, I'm not going to make up. We're, we're going down on the same ship this week. I, I think Washington and uh, three points. I think they uh, they get it done in Seattle. So we'll see. Yeah. going to be fun to watch uh, all the eyes of the world on the Pacific Northwest this week. So. Justin, another great edition of Questions Answered. Bi-week doesn't mean off-week, so another good time. Make sure you head to InsideTexas.com. Make sure you sign up. You can get a dollar for a month, or you can use the promo code OTFIT23, I believe. There we go. One dollar in two months. So thank you for watching, and take advantage of that by being a loyal OTF watcher and IT subscriber. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Justin, thank you as always. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson, and we will see you next week to preview the Houston game. Real real quick, real quick. Next time you and I do this. We're going to have some baseball (laughs) to maybe talk about. We have a little baseball to talk about. I promise you, the teams we cover, they're interested. Exactly. So thank you all for watching. We'll see you all next time.